0: Thank you, ladies, for that. You know, church, I think we would all do well to pray that prayer. If we would just ask the Lord to give us his heart for souls, and I think the need of the hour, you know, there's many many issues in our society today, but all of those can be fixed by the gospel. And we ought to have that desire. We ought to desire for our neighbors, for our workmates, for our school friends. Uh, just an opportunity for them to at least hear. And I hope that that would be our heart as we just uh, just get realigned a little bit in our priorities as, a, as God's people. And uh, we're going to turn our Bibles again to James chapter 2. We'll, if you keep your Bible handy, we're going to turn to different places today, a little bit more of a, a Bible study. And um, if you're a first- time guest, we wanted to welcome you as well. Thanks for coming and being part of our, our service day. Uh, blessing. For us to have you here and um, so it's good to good to be here this morning Um, it's been a little cold hasn't it and uh, this week we uh, myself uh, Danny and Andrew went over to um, to Sydney for a little bit just involved in a prayer conference over there and we were on the foot of the mountains and so um, if you think it was if you think it's cold right now it was freezing over there for the week it was so cold that uh, that Andrew walked around in a blanket. All right, so um, so just picture that. Um, uh, maybe not picture that. Don't picture that. But um, it was it was freezing. I think it was minus two one morning, um, and Danny still went for a run. All right, so just oh amazing. But good to be here this this day, and what a wonderful time we had at conference this past weekend, and really challenged by many things during the, the course of that uh, that. By the time that we had. I hope that you've been praying. I know that I got had the opportunity to talk to our young adults this morning, and um, already I sense that the Lord's working in their lives. They, a couple of them shared a testimony about what God's doing in, in their lives, and I want to encourage you to, to um, reach out with each other, just talk about what the Lord's been doing, and encourage one another that way. You know, it's needful for us for us to remind each other often that God is still at work, and you know we could look out and and again if I can share my heart a little bit with with our with the times that we do get to minister to other churches and, and our brethren, um, it is important for us to just um, just be mindful that the, you know the battles that we're going through and the ups and downs and the struggles sometimes of our lives they're not they're not just uh, it's not just something we experience. There's those around all around that are going through that. And if we can be a blessing to them and a help to them, then we ought to. And so I would encourage you to already be praying and, and seeking the Lord about your part in that week. And I would encourage you to take the time off. I know that's a sacrifice on your part to be here during the day sessions, but please do take the time to be here and be part of that. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about, I guess, a topic that um, is, is more teaching and more of a reminder. For us as god's people you know i think we have an opportunity as uh as as we look around the the need uh, around our, our nation the need around our neighborhoods i think we have an opportunity to be a, a help and a blessing um, just by the fact that we have the the word of god and we have god to give to to people you know when when uh, someone said it this way you know it'd be a tragedy if people came to church and they only found us when they were looking for God. And we need God, don't we? And yet we have Him and we can, we can share to the world and and yet this can be a hindrance if this, can, this becomes ingrained in, in our thinking and it becomes something that we don't take care of. And I'm going to speak about this topic of partiality. And there's a warning there already in, in our... Reading uh, about a situation that here the, the the pastor of the early church, Pastor James, observed and saw in the life of the early church, and it is actually something that is very human and very uh, very real, and something that if we don't observe it and are actively looking in our lives, just becomes ingrained. We, we we tend to just go with the flow with this if we, if we're not careful, and yet we're called to be different. And I'm speaking about partiality. He notes that there, that that, uh, that there's a situation and the outcome of it was this. Are you not partial? Was the question he asked. And what partiality is, is an inclination to favor one party or one side of a question more than the other. It's an undue bias of mind towards one party or side which is apt to warp judgment. Partiality springs from the will and affections rather than from a love of truth and justice. And what it was, was James was writing to this this, this diverse group of people. And he was looking at a particular thing that happened in one of the assemblies that were gathering. And perhaps he was the guest speaker of this local assembly. Perhaps as he looked out, he observed this. And God told him to take note. And God told him to preserve it in His Word and warn us about it. And so we ought to pay attention this morning in regard to this and we understand that that the early church was predominantly Jewish at the time of the writing and and in that they had an ingrained social class system and so in this writing that James gives us he looks to address this culture in the church. And verse 1 he starts off he says my brethren have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of glory with respect of persons and you know, at first reading this sentence uh, in the verse is, is awkward to understand. But if you break it down, the thought is that those who have faith in Christ and, and then also having respect of persons, they don't mix. They shouldn't mix. The, the key word there is with. And James is saying if you have faith in Christ, then you shouldn't also be one that has respect of persons. He's saying the two don't mix. They're like water and oil. They don't go together. And we're going to learn a few things here this morning, and I want to bring out to you a couple of things. Firstly, there's three types of people in our story that we read about. Firstly, we see the prosperous man in verse 2. Notice, for if there came unto you, unto your assembly, a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there came in also a poor man in vile raiment. So immediately, he's making a contrast. He's saying there's one, firstly, the one that has the gold ring and, and has all of that. And he's saying, and so we're going to call him the prosperous man. So the prosperous man comes in. This was a man, it seemingly was well-to-do. It's uh, probable that he had some sort of status in society, something that 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 he notes there. He comes with a gold ring in goodly apparel. And he, so he comes in, he's well-dressed. He comes in and he seems to be the type of person that's desirer, desirous in society, someone that had some status. And in fact, he says in verse 3, and if you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, that just simply mean that this man had much wealth. He had a lot of change of clothes. You know, back in that day, most people, the average person only had one, one piece of clothing that they just wore over and over again. And so something stood out about this man. He had. Uh, it seemed like he was wearing something new, something that wasn't well worn. It was uh, a status of, of his, his uh, place in society, someone who was well off, prosperous, he was someone who could reach into different types of merchandise that was available in that time and wasn't so readily available to anyone in common. But this prosperous man was treated this way. In verse 3, he says, Say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place. So, just like, uh, just like a- any place of assembly, there were places that were mo- more comfortable and other places that no one wanted to sit. It, it probably was he was seated in the back row. It just seems to be that's the popular place in a Baptist church, right? And so it seemed to be he was placed in a good, good, uh, good, uh, good place in the in the place of assembly there, and perhaps they they had someone welcoming them in, and that person says, "Hey, sit here." You're and with the thought of this, wow, you're you're someone we want. You're someone that we we you ought to be part of our assembly. And so this indicated here that that this man was perhaps new to the assembly. He was a guest. In our terminology, he was a visitor, and we don't know if he, if he was lost or saved. We just know he came into the assembly, and he looked the part. He he looked like someone that is des- desirous to belong in the church, and he wanted the, they they wanted him to feel welcomed. Hey, put him in the good place to sit, put him somewhere where he can be comfortable, and. Maybe there was one area there that somehow they got some cushions and they said, you sit here in the cushioned area while we sit over here. And and whatever the case, there's nothing that God condemns about this man's wealth. There's nothing that God comments about him. It was the response of those that were welcoming him in. And, you know, God doesn't frown upon those that have uh, material things. He, He tells us, though, he warns us, labor not to be rich. He says, cease from thine own wisdom. And he warns us about that in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He talks about the fact that the love of money is the root of all evil. He talks about the fact that, you know, he warns those who will be rich in this world not to be poor in spiritual things. And so he he warns the the uh, us generally about that. But yet in our reading here, in, in the writing of James, he doesn't say anything against this prosperous man. It's just the fact that he came into their assembly. But then in contrast, we're going to see the second character. We see the poor man. Notice again in verse 2, For if there come unto your assembly, so this man with a gold ring, this man in goodly apparel, but then notice the contrast to that, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. So that, that word vile is meaning base, low, or worthless, or Someone who was just the average. Someone who didn't particularly look attractive. Someone who particularly didn't look like someone that would be desirous in society. And, and no doubt the poor man, in contrast to, to this other man, he was wearing tattered clothing. He, he was wearing the, the, the average of the day. Maybe he wasn't the most hygienic person. Maybe the ushers, if there were ushers, would have used some hand sanitizer when they shook his hand. And then he says in verse 3, he says, and say to the poor. So again, in contrast to the other, notice he didn't even say, he says, stand out there or, or sit here under my footstool. It was a lowly place. And then you, you could almost hear the, the contempt perhaps uh, that, that this this person was welcoming him in with. He say stand thou there, or, or sit here under my footstool. It was a bit of a contrast, wasn't it? You could almost hear the contempt, the two positions, standing or sitting under a footstool. It was a place of lowliness. In fact, God sees the earth, thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And, and the poor man, in contrast to the prosperous man, He wasn't treated with a great deal of welcome, really, when you think about it. And yet, let's remind ourselves whom it was that Jesus said to call. Look at Luke chapter 14. Look at Luke chapter 14. Notice they're with me. And notice verses, verses 7 to 14. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden... When he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them. And so Luke 14, look at verse 8. When thou art bidden of many to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room. Lest a more honorable man than thou be beholden. Again, notice that the, there's an ingrained sort of structure there. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he hath bade thee cometh. He may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher, then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So he's teaching here, he's saying, you know, you humble yourself, you make sure that you go to the lower part first, and then you'll be exalted. But then notice verse 12, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, Nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. So he's saying, you know, what you're doing is that you're honoring them so they can honor you. But when thou makest a feast, he says, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. He's saying, they can't give you anything. He's saying that you don't get anything in return for, for doing them service. He's saying you sometimes we you you'll go and you'll 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 invite all of those that you desire to have. Why? Because your inner motive is to get something out of them. Your inner motive is that they might return something to you. And and he's saying, don't do that. In fact, minister to those who need ministering to. And you know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17, he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth. Unto the Lord. Imagine lending something to the Lord, where there's a return from the Lord to you. And he's saying, if you want to have something from the Lord, then you ought to lend to the poor. And that which he hath given, will he pay him again. So we see again in contrast, we see two characters there, but we see the third one. It was the guy that that welcomed them in, and I'm just going to call him the partial man. The partial man. We see again the challenge there in verse four. He says. Are ye not then partial in yourselves? And are become judges of evil thoughts? And I want you to note about this partial man. Notice here in verse 2 again For if there come unto your assembly, this wasn't a man who was a guest, this wasn't someone who was new, this was someone who belonged to that assembly already. It was someone who was just a regular goer. Maybe he was a member of that church. Maybe he was someone already serving in some sort of capacity. And he, 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 it's his assembly. He was someone who already belonged. He was a regular attendee. He was one that welcomed people into the assembly. And he says there in verse 3, and if you have respect to him. So where it went wrong was that he was a respecter of persons. It wasn't the fact that he welcomed them in. in, you know, we ought to welcome others in to the church, right? As they come in and as God gives them ability and God brings them to us and we already heard we ought to, ought, ought to go out to them, but on the occasion where we bring them in, we ought to have a welcoming spirit, right church? We ought to desire that God would in in Uh, As God brings them along, there's a stewardship of us uh, on our part to be a help and a blessing. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was that he had respect to him. He had respect over one and the other. Where he went wrong was that he was a respecter of persons. We know in Romans 2.11, for there is no respect of persons with God. In respect, to view or consider with some degree of reverence, to esteem as possessed of real worth, the the, the partial man or the prejudiced man, he respected or esteemed based on the outward appearance. He, he judged one to be above the other. He looked at the one that had the gold ring and the goodly apparel, and he had respect of him over the, the one who was poor, who had the vile raiment. And we understand the nature of ours is that man looks on the outward appearance, right? That's that's an innate part of our our human psyche, our nature. That's a part of us that is it comes naturally, and we, we've got to fight that. The Bible's telling us that the way he went wrong was he had respect. And this this partial man, and you know the, the truth is God. We understand isn't into social equality. There are those who have riches and those who are poor. That we are in a, even in our own assembly here this morning, we all have different uh, abilities to uh, financially, socioeconomically, we're all different. We all look different. In fact, if you just look across down your row, you're going to find all different uh, different faces, different to yours. If you look around, we're all dressed a certain way, a different way. If you look around, you're going to see that there's just different characters, different backgrounds, different, uh, different heritages that God has brought together in this one assembly. And you, you wonder at that and you marvel at that. And if we're not careful, if we're not observing, then some partiality can come into our hearts. And before long, we would just judge based on outward appearance... One thing over the other. And and can I tell you, our judgment isn't always right. You see, unlike God, who even God who sees it all, is no respecter of persons, our judgments often fall short. And our judgments from what we see, and and regardless of of where we're at in our lives, we can be wrong. And the, the truth is, God has a variety of people come into His assembly. He's saying there that it doesn't excuse us from treating someone better based on their status. And this whole story, it illustrates for us a situation of partiality. And James, he Pastor James, he uses this and most probably an actual occurrence, as I said, to then teach about partiality. The Holy Spirit told him, take note and write about it. See, the early church, again, was with the majority being believer Jews carried with a certain cultural tendencies, they already, you understand the culture, they already had issues with Gentiles, right? We won't take the time to, to go through it, but we understand even Peter had to be rebuked by Paul, that, that he, was, he was pretending to be something, even though he had already fellowshiped with the Gentile brethren. We read that in Galatians, we see that in Acts chapter 15, and we understand that there was already that issue that was coming about that was there and it was ingrained in them. He says in First 1 Peter 1.17, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And so we know that later on, Peter understands no God is no respecter of persons. He's the one that judges. He's the one that, that reveals every man's work. He he says in, Paul says in Colossians 3.11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in in all. Aren't you glad this, this morning, I hope you're glad anyway, as you consider yourself, that God is no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad that there wasn't some sort of special condition or special appearance or some sort of thing that determined whether we were going to be in Christ or not. It was simply that we had to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And aren't you glad that we have a whomsoever will gospel? And we understand that God can reach, and we already, you know, we were challenged about that this week. We heard, about, uh, we heard from a missionary who's there in Sri Lanka who for 31 years ministered to a different people to him and who, I'll tell you what, having been there and having seen his life, has a great love for the Sri Lankan people, um, who uh, has a great love for uh, what, 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 uh, what they're all about and what God is doing in their lives. But I'll tell you what, he's very different to them. And, and you imagine there, again, the, the, if there was an attitude of partiality, how much of a hindrance that would be to the ministry of the gospel. And so what we know about partiality is this partiality judges another based on outward references. Because all that we read there is all what man can can see. this, This partial man saw the gold ring. This partial man saw the goodly apparel. This partial man saw the vile raiment. And he judged all of that according to the outside references. And we understand, again, man looks on the outward appearance. We can't help ourselves. But partiality judges another based on outward references. It's, it's an adjustment of one's treatment of another based on what they judge to be favorable or unfavorable circumstances, uh, characteristics. And we all do that. I, I'm no exception to that. There's going to be those that I'm drawn to, those that in my mind I could speak to. And we better be careful, though, if that becomes ingrained in just the way we live. Because we can easily hinder hinder what God is actually trying to do in our lives. There was no reason, really, for the Christian to treat one person better, better than the other, other than the estimation of one's worth above the other. You know, he deduced this based on what the prosperous man was wearing. This was a glimpse into the man's, into this man's here, the partial man's wrong value system. He he didn't see beyond what God can do. He didn't see beyond that this one, like we learned about a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't just another person. No, it was a soul that God cared for. That that this other one, the poor man, who, who, who he didn't know the circumstances that led that way, but he had the he had a lacking of faith to see that perhaps God could do something with this man. And partiality it hinders our ability, I think, to reach those who need Christ. Partiality hinders our ability to include each person in the body. And and in fact, the Bible tells us in First Corinthians chapter twelve, and we won't take the time this morning, but you know, the Bible tells us that if one part of the body suffers, we're supposed to suffer along with it. That if one part of the body hurts, we're supposed to hurt as well. And yet if we're partial, if we just sort of close ourselves to those that we judge worthy of our time and worthy of our attention and worthy of, of whatever place that we give them that is heightened in comparison to another, then we better be careful because we might be hindering what God's trying to do in our own lives and the lives of others. We can so easily go down that path. And you know what partiality does? It ignores the general condition. Look at verses 4 to 7 again with me. It says, Are ye not, not then partial in yourselves? And have become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Have ye despised the poor? Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? He's reminding them of some general things. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? And so he's reminding them here about some things. He's reminding them of the general condition of those who are prosperous. You know, he says in Luke 18, 25, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You know, the the difficulty that we have with the gospel is this, we live in a prosperous society. A society that by and large has forgotten about their need of God. You speak sometimes to the average Aussie and you speak to them about the need that they have and they don't have needs according to them. They see that they're Looked after, they have a roof above their heads. They have clothing on their backs. In fact, they don't don't really worry where the food's going to come from. Their fridge is stocked full of all the goodies that they like, and they can forget. And yet, the 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 Bibles the Bibles again reminding us of the condition of the rich. You know, the general condition of the lost. When we think about it, there's no such thing as a screening process when it comes to those we need to win for Christ. There's no screening process. There's no judgment whether this or that. I've been with some who uh, have, have just had a heart for anyone. I've been with a particular man. I remember in Sydney, we went out uh, knocking on doors a little bit and we were just chatting with people at the door. And uh, there was one that came out and he had had all of this, uh, what we would call, and I don't know what you would call them this, these days, a goth, right? Had, the, had had really light makeup and then dark Eyeshadows and everything was black and he had spikes on his neck. And I'll just be honest with you, I was afraid to talk to that fella. But I'm thankful that I had, a, I had a soul-winning partner who just had a heart, the heart for Christ. The heart of Christ. And he began to talk to that man. He began to dig dig into his life. He began to show his care and his love for this man, and before long, after half an hour, this man was tearing up. This man, that day, ended up calling on Christ to save him. But, you know, if we I judge, if it was left up to me, and I judge on the outward appearance, I think I would have left the track and gone. And yet, I'm thankful for those who have the heart of Christ to see beyond. And, you know, there's the general condition of the loss is that we're supposed to seek and to save. We're supposed to go out, the... The, the the general condition of service is that where we ought to the, the thought is that we ought to serve the whole body, not just the ones that can benefit us. You know, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And and what we see is the general condition of service is that we're supposed to serve the whole body, not just our segments not just the ones we're comfortable with. And, and I understand that we're always going to have those that, that we would, would relate to a little bit better, and that's why we have a variety that God gives. But listen, if God gives us opportunity to be a blessing, don't just stop at the judgment at, on the outside appearance. The general condition here then of the poor, you know, when we're partial, we become the ones who judges who is evil. Notice he said that there in, in verse 4. You're partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts. Saying you're the one that's judging. You're the one that's basing on your outward indicators who deserves what. And in verse 5, James is reminding the Jewish believers who God often saw as rich in faith, it was those who are poor in this world. And yet, he's reminding them of the hidden motive. And you know, again, he says the, the, the motive here was gain. He's saying here in, in, in cross-reference, look at Deuteronomy Judah, Judah, chapter 16, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 19. And we note here, it says, Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift. For a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. You know, sometimes, sometimes even when our, our motive perhaps is has a bit of it has to be, well, I just want to welcome someone. Sometimes inside there and in, ingrained in us is that, well, they can be a benefit to us. You know, I wonder what this person can do for the Lord. Look at them. They're already halfway there. Look at how they're dressed. Look at how they're this and that and look how they fit. Look, they know the hymns and they know all of these. And we're glad for anyone that would come, but sometimes we would rather them. And, you know, sometimes you you talk to different places and they have this this target demographic that they have in their society, and they want just those kind of people to come into their church. And listen, we would do well if we didn't have that model. We would just do well if our heart was just whoever God lets us come across with and whoever that God brings along our way, whether they're rich, poor, this status in society or not. We would do well if we would just have the... the, the heart to just serve and serve them. You know what the byproduct of partiality is? Insincerity. We serve and we minister based on what we can get. But let me remind you that God very explicitly says that partiality is a sin in the sight of God. He says, but if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. You know, partiality is a sin... And you know what? We're convicted of the law. In Leviticus nineteen fifteen, you shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. These things in Proverbs twenty four twenty three also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. And so we see all of these scriptures that that tell us that and, so how do, we, how do we avoid partiality? Firstly, I think we need to recognize the potential for it. You know, again, sometimes we can think, well, that's, I'm the exception to the rule. Now, I'll tell you what, every one of us, we all have the, the capacity and the propensity to do that. We all can easily prefer. And the problem is we allow ourselves to think that partiality is not something we have to deal with, and we fail to recognize God's view of it. We fail to recognize that this isn't just something God will sweep under the rug. And we understand we have grace, right? And God is gracious to us, but we ought, we ought to recognize that that's the only way that we would just we would just put that aside at times. He says in 1 Timothy 5.21, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things, without preferring one another, doing nothing by partiality. And can I remind you that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And if we don't keep that heart in check and we don't keep that heart tender to the Lord and we don't keep that heart near to the heart of God, then so easily we can become partial. And here's the next thing, if we're going to avoid it, we need to remind ourselves about God's grace. Because we didn't earn it, we didn't, we didn't meet a, a special level of criteria, right church? We came as we are. And some of us, if we were to talk about our lives before Christ, others would be shocked. But you know what? God knows and God moves and then God has moved in your life and you are what you are by the grace of God. The reality is it comes down to the fact that what, whatever state we were in our life, rich or poor, young or old, God sought us regardless. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But then the next verse says, And such were some of you. And But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It says that was your former life, but thank God He washed you. Thank God He saved you. And I look around and there's there's a variety of of, of people here, but we understand we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And I'm glad that, that we have a whosoever will may come gospel. I'm so glad that as, as the, the Lord Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and laid down His life and paid the penalty of our sin, that He didn't consider our societal status. No, He just considered our sin and considered the need that we have for Him. I remember my dad telling me when he first became a Christian, he was a, he was a lowly apprentice in the, the naval base that he worked on. He was the bottom of the rank. In fact, it was even... Lesser than the normal apprentices, he was a local apprentice. And so very quickly he heard that there was a Bible study on the, that, that naval base, and so he began to attend. And what he found is he, as he walked into that room, there were those that were generals that would come in there. And you know how it is in the armed forces, there's a great respect for those of higher rank. And he was telling me that the first time he came in there, as he walked past some of those generals, he would just salute like you do. You know, the amazing thing about that was uh, was after he did that the first time, those generals told him, "No, no, no, in here you don't need to do that." He said, "I left my rank at the door." And you know, sometimes we can look at uh, our, our our assemblies and we could sort of look at those that we regard. And, and I, again, I'm, I'm saying, be respectful one to another. But you know, when it comes down to, an, to it, we're, we're all the same. We're all just sinners saved by grace. And we'll look at those around us who maybe don't fit the bill, maybe aren't where they, we think they should be, and recognize that maybe if we would just open ourselves up to their reality and remember the reality that we were in, that God might use us to encourage that one to just go on their journey for the Lord. Remember that God is not a respecter of persons. So follow the example of God who was not a respecter of persons. God judges everyone on an equal footing. He saw everyone's sin, and no matter how good they seemed, He, he recognized their need. And I want to tell you, no matter our background, whether rich or poor, the condition common in the sight of God was our lost state and our need for Him. And God allows those who are of every level, rich, poor, whatever color, skin, whatever status in life and all in between to be part of his body. And each part of the body should support the rest. And what I'm saying is we ought to take heed of partiality. We need to examine our hearts to ensure we're not a respecter of persons and Partiality is a sin that hinders the gospel reaching those that God intends to reach. And I want to remind you again, he says in 1 Timothy 5.21, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one another, doing nothing by partiality. Hey, who's that person that you've just been avoiding because you're just uncomfortable Hey, who's that person that you know, you, you know walked in and you just haven't, haven't taken the time to just go and get to know them? Who's that person that you're avoiding because you, know, you, don't, really, you don't really like the way they look? And yet maybe God's going to use you to make the difference in that person's life. And I'm glad that God is a God that doesn't respect persons because I'll tell you what, if He did, then I wouldn't be one of His. And none of us would be. And I'm glad that we have a God who's not partial. So let's be like the Lord. Let's, let's follow Him in that. And I believe that if we do, then we're going to see God do some things. And we're going to get to reach where we've never reached before. And I'm glad for that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. And Lord, we recognize, dear God, that this can at times be difficult to to pinpoint, difficult even to recognize in our own hearts. And yet, Lord, if you've called us to reach into the uttermost, we're going to come across peoples that, Lord, we're not going to be particularly we're not going to be particularly attracted to. We're not going to particularly agree with in their, Lord, their manner of life. In fact, we may even find it distressing. And yet, Lord, you've called each and every one of us to reach out with your love and with your grace. And, Lord, we are the recipients of that, firstly. And so I pray that you'd help us, dear God, to just have a, Lord, a sense of our responsibility, Lord, to to do away with that, but, Lord, to just have an an open heart to be used of you, to reach into every household, into every neighborhood, and, Lord, to even into every nation. Help us, dear God. Lord, help us then to just, uh, Lord, just, even in this moment, work in, in, in our hearts to recognize the Lord, if there's anything like that in us, and that in, with humility, recognize the Lord, that you, yourself, you're not partial, you're no respecter of persons, and that by your grace, you, you welcomed us into your fold. So help us to be that way as we continue on, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, and have the piano play, why don't we take our time this morning to just seek the Lord, and I want to ask you this if if the God brought someone to mind or God just pricked your heart this morning about the need to just be more open be be impartial be one that's not a respecter of persons would you just just come and, and confess that and then ask the Lord to give you the grace that he has and the love that he has would you come this morning and just say Lord I want to be, I'm willing to be used of you to reach into every neighborhood and, and reach to the people that Lord even if I Lord, I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to do that. And why don't we come and just uh, mean it and do business with the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Why don't we just uh, work, work toward that as, as, as a people. Why don't we just ask the Lord to, to work in our hearts as we endeavor to reach our communities, endeavor to reach different places. Uh, why don't we ask the Lord to give us His heart for, for others, and if you're here today and you're not saved, then I want to ask you, please don't leave this place without knowing that Jesus loves you. He, he died for you on the cross of Calvary. And, and we want to welcome you into the fold as, as one of his. And, and God is no respecter of persons. God has overcome every sin. He's died for everyone. Why don't you come? Please don't leave this place without knowing that you're saved.